Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't you say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same thing. Just say tires. Where do we pick up from? Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Sports. The final frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. I kick you, and then if you feel well enough, you can kick me in the groin. So if you throw up... Yeah, you're done. Their weekly mission, to provide hot takes, medium takes, sometimes annoying takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Luke Anderson. Oh, Heater Locklear, though. Have you seen her? <laughs> That's Heather Locklear that smokes. Super, she's a little trashier, so she's, like, more gettable. Will Darkens. I started to get that feeling again, the college football feeling. It's that time where you uh, realize that on Saturdays and Sundays you can ignore your family. This is the Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show, presented by Frostbrewed Coors Light. The world's most refreshing beer on 1080 The Fan. Hey, it's hour two of Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. If you missed the first hour, you can go online to 1080thefan.com and download the Les Les Schwab Tires podcast which will be posted right after the show miss some of the good action in the first hour things like uh debating what one item would you want to bring to the fire festival if you did in fact go to the fire festival uh which was a failed concert yeah uh and then also some nfc and afc blah 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 football important stuff just to uh so we can close out maybe that fire festival what would you bring that question Okay, so I don't think the, I ever asked you. Yeah, so all right, we got this poll up, right? And uh, it was you're going to the fire festival and you can bring just one item. Which one would you bring? Eleven percent of you, and this is on uh, Twitter at our uh, handle Center Saint Ten Eighty. Eleven percent of you said food, uh, which is surprising. Twenty-two uh, percent of you said clean underwear, which is even more surprising. But there's actually a good battle between beer and water. Uh, 30% of you said beer and 37% said water itself. Now, I don't know if everybody's saying like, oh, well, there's water in the ocean, right? I'll just drink that and then I'll have beer. That water is salted and you will die. (laughs) So would you actually die if you, I always, yeah, you die, you die of dehydration. You'd start hallucinating. Have you ever read the book Albatross? No, but I've watched a, uh, I've watched a show. I think it's, I shouldn't be alive. Mm. You seen that show? Oh yeah. Yeah, I think it was somebody was like stranded out in the middle of the ocean on a boat, mm-hmm. and they started drinking the water and they started hallucinating. Yeah, yeah, and you go like, nuts. Yeah, I don't, I didn't know that was a thing. So I would assume that the strategy there is that you 
you you you take some type of hallucinogen and it's not kicking in fast enough. So you say, you know what? I'm going to jumpstart this thing right. and drink some seawater. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's what'll get me over the top and make me feel like I'm having a good time at the fire festival. Um, and then 22% of you, I don't know why you're not, uh, more people aren't selecting clean underwear because you have to think now we're just going through the situation that you've drank seawater. You will crap your pants. Uh, it's, it's guaranteed. It will happen. You're dehydrated. You do not have food because you did not select that. So you're going to need clean underwear. And if you're stuck on that Island for three days, uh, no underwear with continual crapping of your pants is going to cause a rash. Right. Uh, so that's not good. Can we agree on that? I mean, that's not good. But the whole situation. Can you give me your, can you give me your game breakdown of why that's not a good thing? <laughs> to crap your pants? Yeah. Well, I don't want to give you a story because I won't. But in high school one time. Well, you are. But I'm giving you a story. Okay, let's hear it. In, okay. Yeah, right. one time in high school, I needed to use the restroom. Obviously didn't before a football game, so I had a full stomach. Mm-hmm. I did a spin move. In that spin move, I got hit in the stomach but spun off. And in that midst of a spin move, you know what happened. You pooped your pants. I did. I scored the touchdown. Yeah. But I had to run 30 yards for that. So yeah. Try running 30 yards with poopy butt cheeks. Did you do it? Like, I did. Or did you know at the time? Yes. Like, as you were running? Absolutely. You were I was yeah. like, no way. There's no chance. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty heroic of you. You know, not all heroes wear capes. And that was my that was that was when I didn't wear a cape and I was a hero. Anyways, no, but a lot going. of them crap their pants. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> the NFC Championship game is tomorrow on Fox. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are going to attempt to be entertaining at around noon. And, uh, kickoff is twelve oh five. It is in the Superdome. It is between the Los Angeles Rams and the. New Orleans Saints. Now, there was a huge beef that started, and this was back in uh, week nine when they played each other, that Sean Payton, after the game, basically said, hey, we really liked the matchup of Marcus Peters and Michael Thomas. We really enjoyed it. It was great. Uh, That was something that we keyed in on. So uh, Marcus Peters heard this and then said something to the effect of, oh, yeah, we're, we're, you know, I'll see Sean Payton again. Like, we'll have ourselves a nice bowl of gumbo or something stupid. And so he said that, and now they're meeting up again, and the media asked him, hey, what about that gumbo comment? And so uh, he had this to say. Y'all didn't know it to turn out to be this. You feel me? It just so happened. Like I say, y'all have fun spinning the, uh, the gumbo thing all week, too. So, yeah. No, but with the gumbo thing, I mean, Sean McVay just hollered in about soup, but Marcus, does it make it more fun to kind of have, you know, banter like that back and forth? <laughs> hey, man. My coach is a fiery coach. I'm a fiery player. We have fun with these things uh, internally. Uh, we're going to try to lead y'all to be the media, so y'all do what y'all going to do with it. Y'all do what y'all going to do with it. That's cool. I mean, yeah. Like I say, man, I got the utmost respect for the Saints and, 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 and their head coach and the organization, you know. Um, but things like that, man, I'm going to be ready to play just as much as they're going to be ready to play. We're trying to play a game. We ain't trying to talk about no gumbo. I mean, he tweeted it out again. Yeah. What is, Why is he blaming the media? I don't I, know. I mean, does Sean McVay have control of this? 
I feel like he's a guy who kind of is like Pete Carroll in a way that he coaches a team where he doesn't want to disrupt the flow of culture that's in the locker room. So he just lets it go. Well, it's not so much that he lets it go, but he kind of monitors the situation and kind of takes a takes a temperature reading in the room and goes, is this okay? Does it seem like everybody else in the room finds this to be all right? And I think he coaches in that type of way mm-hmm. because I think for some reason, and I've, I've watched so much stuff with the Rams because I've been a diehard fan now for about a year and a half. And I, I watch stuff on the Rams and their website and you see some stuff that they have, like they're bringing cameras and microphones into uh, practices and during team meetings and everything. And I think that everybody just kind of feeds off the energy of Sean McVay. And, you know, I, I think that why that happens is the fact that he lets his players be who they want to be. He yeah. doesn't try to get involved in it. And that's a lot of how Pete Carroll operated, you know? Mm-hmm. that That's how he was operating with the Legion of Boom, with that great defense back in 2012, 13, and 14. He, he was letting them be who they want to be because they were having results out on the field. Now, if they somehow, the Saints, are really smart and figure out how to get Michael Thomas on to Marcus Peters, who... How could that happen? It'll happen. Um, and Marcus Peters sucks. This is going to come back to him, and it will never be taken off of this guy for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. People will nickname this guy Gumbo. Yeah. I'm uh, already naming him Gumbo. I mean, would that really be a bad nickname, though? Yes. Why? Because uh, your nickname's Gumbo. I think that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I would kind of... I would. Oh, I would, there's old Gumbo again. There's old Gumbo. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be cool. What are you talking about? That'd be hip. That would be him. You don't think so? Dude, I'm out of touch if that's him. There's there's two nicknames that I think that would be really cool. I thought about this, I think it was a couple days ago. Okay. Actually. There would be Bugs, like Bugs Bunny. Bugs. Bugs. Right. That's with, pretty stupid. But not with an S with a Z. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All right. I see you shake your head like, you know, that's pretty cool. I'm trying to understand. And now Gumbo. Gumbo just cracked the top two. Yep. That's on your top two of the uh, nickname power rankings. Right. So if maybe if I ever get my own TV show, radio show, yeah. I'm either going to be uh, either going to be Gumbo or Bugs. <laughs> no? Here's Gumbo Greaves. <laughs> let's get let's get Gumbo Greaves into the conversation. Yo Gumbo, what are you cooking up over there? <laughs> wouldn't that wouldn't that be dope? No, oh, I got some. I got a spicy take over here. <laughs> Let me Ooh, tell you about so my, hot. Let me tell you about my spicy take. Oh, and you do have to get the uh, accent. You got to get the uh, Ed Orgeron accent. In yeah, there. yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, because well, that guy just sounds like he's cooking gumbo constantly. That guy. Swamp I want monster. To, that can't be how he actually talks. Yeah, that is actually how he talks. That's how Ed Orgeron talks all the time. And so then that question leads to who the hell married that guy? <laughs> like he didn't just start talking like that. At an adulthood, like that guy came out the womb talking like that. Exactly, like but, as a kid. But how do you imagine don't, how? I don't understand. Could you imagine how destabilizing that would be as a like a third grade teacher? And you got a little <laughs> swamp monster kid talking to you like that. <laughs> that was frightening. He kind of scares me. Yeah, it's scary. And so then you get to an age where you know you want to settle down and meet a woman. Who the hell married that guy? I don't know, man. That's, I mean, that's a good question. Should I, I could look up his wife right now. Yeah, let me know if she's hot. Uh, okay. I will. Uh, you know, looking at this game as, uh, I don't know, more than the whole, um, I don't know, more than the whole view of, you know, having this Peters, Michael Thomas matchup. I think you have two teams that obviously are two of the best 
offensive teams in the league. And also, it's kind of the game that everybody wanted to see. I was pretty frightened by the fact that the Eagles were up 14-0 to on the Saints in the first quarter. And I was like, I really don't want to see the Eagles beat the crap out of the Rams in the most, like, drudging form possible. Because they already did that in this season. And so I think this is the matchup that everybody wanted. And, you know, if I were to pick this game, I'd have to say it's going to be the Saints because I'm pretty sure they're going to be able to disrupt Jared Goff. A lot of rushes up the up the middle, really disrupting him, getting him out of the pocket. If it's not something that's a designed rollout, Jared Goff is not very comfortable rolling out of the mm-hmm. pocket. He's not. So I am going to take the Saints, and if I were to throw a score out there, I'd say 30-17. Really? Yeah. I think they're going to go running away with it. Like, they're going to beat him pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'll be close, but I think as the game goes on and the Saints kind of just wear down on them, I think you're going to see a lot of Alvin Kamara and Mark mm-hmm. Ingram going in tandem kind of back thing. Uh, just kind of drudging uh, the game out. I, I, I mean, they're just going to take the game plan that Dallas couldn't effectively do, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, because I Dallas, think, yeah, Dallas's game plan was actually pretty good. It was great. It was just the fact that their Rams defense showed up. Mm-hmm. And if they can show up again, okay, fair enough, Rams, go to the Super Bowl. But I don't think that they can perform like that a second week. So that's why I'm taking the Saints. Well, that's why I'm just interested because if, I mean, the Rams defense, you look at, if you look at each individual player, I mean, they're really talented. And yes. everyone, everyone knows they have all the talent in the world, especially, you know, offensively, defensively. But that might be the inexperience of Sean McVay as a coach. I mean, like you said, he's kind of grown up a little bit from last year. But, I mean, the Saints are good, like top yeah. to bottom. They're really good. Very, very good. And so I just want to know kind of what your game plan would be. Like, how do you stop them offensively? How do you stop them defensively? I mean, well, I think that you saw the game plan in action when the Eagles were playing them, which was basically, look, if I can keep Drew Brees off the field long enough yeah. and I can score on those opportunities, we'll have a really good chance of winning. And it was working. Yeah. It was really working. But unfortunately, the Saints had something like an 11-minute drive I, yeah, that, that in the drive. third quarter. <laughs> yes. And that proved the point of you can't keep Drew Brees on the field that long. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Uh, so, I mean, this will be a really interesting game. It's obviously just going to be offensive fireworks off the bat. And, you know, we go back to the story we were talking about in the first hour that Sean Payton is basically asking the fans, hey, like, please make a lot of noise at the start of the play clock because uh, McVay is talking to Goff at the beginning, and if we can throw them off then, then we have a better chance. I find that hilarious. And the clout that Sean Payton has just blows my mind. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, coming up next, Tom Brady says people think the Patriots suck and can't win any games, and he may have a point based on one statistic. 10-17 on the fan. Dirt and spray. You can try this at home. Which of these eight teams would you pick them to win a playoff series against? Right now, currently. Seven-game series opening round. So I'm going to rattle these off. You just give me a yay or an A. Denver. No. No. Golden State. Just no. skip it. Oklahoma City. No. No. The Clippers. Yes. Yes. The Rockets. No. Not a seven-game series. Yeah, that'd be tough. Hard to bet against Harden getting all those fouls. The Spurs. They could. They need home fe- They need home court advantage to win that. They're not winning game seven at San Antonio. Lakers. Yes. With LeBron James. Yes. No. Jazz. You're going to play the... We just watched this with the Patriots. You're going to bet against LeBron in the playoffs? Against Portland? In round the first one? round? Yeah. Wow. And the Jazz? No. No, that's, that's a, a matchup, horrible man. matchup. So you're at two. The home of Dirt and Spray. Weekdays, noon to three. 1080 The Fan. I'm a fan.
The way you spend the time between the end of your workday and your evening plans may just be the key to happiness. That's why they invented happy hour. There's no better place to wet your beak than Big's Chicken. Get $1 off micro-brews, $2 off draft cocktails, and specials on wings, fried chicken, and more. Big's Chicken Happy Hour, 3 to 6 daily, on Watson Avenue, near Farmington Road in Beaverton. Hi, it's Cam Cleland, and I'm here with Tom and Jen Oji. And we're going to start with some Better You Today questions. So all of us get left alone sometimes. We have meals given to us. But this is different because we go in every single week. Has there been an accountability thing that has helped you the most during this program? I don't know that there's one thing that has helped me the most. Um, Samantha has been very informative each week. I, I look forward to going in and not only weighing in, of course, it's it's great to see the pounds come off, but to really understand, to have her sit down with you and basically hold your hand and explain to you what each number means. I, I didn't understand those numbers before, and now it's more helpful to have her sit down and explain them and to be my little cheerleader in the corner along with my family. And I don't feel like I'm on a diet. I feel like this is something that our family, it's a way of life now for us. Learn more at betteryoutoday.com. That's better, the letter U, today.com. So, what do you think of our new TV? Oh, the picture is great, and I love the new thin look, but... What? Well, the sound isn't much. That's a problem with all the new Slim Cabinet TVs. Well, what should we do? We need to add a TV sound system, like a Bose, or Sony, or Samsung, or Sonos. But where can we go to get a deal on those brands? Aren't they expensive? Not at video only. They've got TV sound systems starting at $99, or LG for $149, or Bose for $249. So we can choose the right system for our TV room. Okay, let's go to video only and get our TV to sound as good as it looks. At Video Only, you won't find huge stores with refrigerators or dishwashers, but you will find the best deals on the best TVs, sound bars, and home theater systems. Shop around, but then make sure you visit Video Only, because if you don't, you'll be sorry. In Jansen Beach, Clackamas, Beaverton, Salem, and Eugene. Video Only. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. No Luke today. He'll be back next week. But even better. Smart right? screeps. Is it better? Or is it about the same? That's nah, all right. It's all right. Uh, confirmed, Ed Orgeron's wife, Kelly, is in fact hot. She is a she is a very beautiful older lady. Yes, she is a old hot uh, this is confirmed. If you do Google Ed Orgeron's wife, you do find out that they're uh, some kind of religious something. There's a picture of them, uh, I don't know, having the spirit blessed into them or uh, blessed out, I don't know, uh, and uh, people around them and everybody's closed eyes, and it's very weird. Uh, also, his children um, uh, resemble him quite a bit. I didn't even look at his children. Yeah, get a look at his kids. Uh, three strapping young swamp monsters. Uh, yeah, so uh, if anybody was wondering, yes, Kelly Orgeron, hot. Confirmed. Okay. Seal of approval from yeah, Marcus and I. Those are, uh, I mean, only one of them looks like him. 
Yeah, but they all kind of have that jaw, that that kind of that that frog jaw. The fr- the you frog know? jaw, huh? Yeah. And uh, somebody on the text line said that uh, to earn the name Gumbo, you should have to either cook gumbo or at least gone to the Great Gulf Coast restaurants and be a connoisseur of gumbos. Are you a fan of gumbo? I love gumbo. Okay, well then maybe the maybe the the the, the nickname works. That's what I'm saying. For you. Yeah. I hope. Do you, you don't think so? I, I, I think it does. But, you know, if you go to another market and you decide to get on TV and um, you have this, uh, you know, you have this uh, name, mm-hmm. like they're going to expect that you, uh, you know, speak like that. Like you can't talk how you talk now if your nickname's Gumbo. Why? Well, because you're Gumbo. You're going to have to talk like Ed Orshrod. <laughs> how how confusing is that for TV viewers if you're like Marcus Greaves with, you know, the sports update and then, hey, let's head over to Gumbo Greaves over there and you just, you're talking like, you, you know, that doesn't make can sense. I hear, can me. I hear your best impression of him? Hey there, it's my, it's Ed Orgeron. <laughs> so you're going to need to talk like that if you really want to embody the whole Gumbo thing. I don't know if that's offensive or not, but. I don't know. I, I feel like people will back me up on that. That if your nickname's Gumbo, you need to have that Southern Louisiana accent. What about uh? What about the nickname Bugs then, with a Z? Uh, you have an impression for that? No, but I don't like that name. You don't? No. And I feel like we've already settled ourselves on Gumbo. All right, Gumbo, it is Gumbo Greaves. <laughs> That's right, it's Gumbo Greaves. Yeah, it's Gumbo Greaves. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go over these football highlights. <laughs> Andy Reid and the Chiefs are 2-2 two and two against Bill Belichick and the Patriots since Reid became Kansas City's coach in 2013. Did you know that? No. Neither did I until this morning. Uh, that's the one stat that is kind of making me think that uh, Tom Brady, in fact, does suck and the Patriots do suck and that they lose games. And this mm-hmm. is according to him. Well, you mentioned it, your eighth straight AFC championship game, and it's a rematch against Kansas City. This time, though, in Arrowhead. What can we expect from that one? It'll be a good game. They're a good team, and uh, we played them earlier this year. You know, I know, you know, everyone thinks we suck and, you know, can't win any games. So we'll see. It'll be fun. So with this whole thing in the Patriots and the Chiefs is that you have two kind of conflicting narratives going on, which one of them is, Hey, it's the Patriots. They should win. Mm-hmm. And uh, attached to that is, hey, it's Andy Reid. He usually loses right about now. Uh, the other side of it, though, is, hey, it's a really hot quarterback. And attached to that is, hey, it's the Patriots playing an arrowhead, and they're not very good on the road. And so 55305, which side do you want to be on, and which side do you trust? Are you so unflinchingly for the Patriots that you just kind of assume they win games like this? Or do you take the wild card and go, hey, they're playing an arrowhead. Historically, Pats don't play well in uh, arrowhead, and Mahomes is on a complete hot streak. I think I'm taking – I think I'll take experience over over kind of the hot hand right now. And Mahomes is, is great, and I think the Chiefs have been electrifying all season long. But when it comes down to – I mean, that was the same thing with the Chargers. The Chargers were – Right, they had some younger players. Philip Rivers was looking good. Like this was kind of everyone's like, okay, this is their year. Like this is the this is the time where they make that push. Did you really think the Chargers were going to win? Yes, a hundred percent. I'm just biased because one of my old teammates plays for him. Oh, all right, Tyrell yeah. Williams. But oh yeah, you know Tyrell. Yeah, played at Western together. Oh nice. For about dude. I was at Western Oregon for about a week. Good stuff. Man. And then left and went to Oregon State. But <laughs> um, 
I just think, I don't know, with all the hype and everything behind the Chiefs, it's kind of the same thing with the Chargers and then the, the Patriots to show experience and, okay, we've done this before. We know this. We're in the playoffs. It's time to not man up, but it's, you know, kind of just it's time to go. And I think they finally did it and they, and they honed down, and, and that's exactly why they blew out the Chargers. This texture is very apt saying the weather does favor the, uh, favor the Pats. It's not supposed to be as snowy as it was in that divisional game. And really, that divisional game got hyped up too much to be like a snowball because yeah. I remember in the lead-up to it, uh, it was the early game, I think, that day. Yeah. And uh, I remember they were showing that footage of like, uh, you know, two hours before kickoff and the field was completely covered with snow and so were the benches and everything. But then CBS was very smart and was like, hey, did you know that the field gets heated by this large machine underneath it? (laughs) Uh, And I think that at the end of the day, you know, it really didn't play that much of a factor. Um, It just at least it didn't really seem that way. So you can't really give that excuse to the Colts. But I will say that that does serve as somewhat of an advantage because the kind of Conditions you're going to see at Arrowhead on Sunday, they're a lot similar to what you saw in Foxborough last Sunday, mm-hmm. uh, which was extremely cold but extremely playable. Uh, I, I I really want to, and my gut is wanting to see Patrick Mahomes get to the Super Bowl because Absolutely. I think it'll be the passing of the torch. Mm-hmm. And I what I what I don't want to see happen is that you have the old dogs get in there and the narrative during Super Bowl week, the one leading up to the other week becomes who's the greatest quarterback of all time, Drew Brees or Tom Brady. Yeah. It's always going to be Tom Brady. That's extremely obvious, but I know the media will still output that message because they'll go, well, Brees has better stats. Mm-hmm. And that really doesn't matter because we all know that. Yeah. When Tom you- Brady is the better player. I would just like to see the narrative of you have two young quarterbacks that are right around the same timeline, and this is going to be the jumping off point for their careers. If Mahomes and Goff get into the Super Bowl, whoever wins that Super Bowl, I think will have the greater career path. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that. Well, in that game we saw between the Chiefs and the Rams earlier in the season, people, Mm -hmm. I saw people tweeting and they're talking on SportsCenter like, this is the game we want to see, right? It's, It's young guys going at it and, you know, it's, it's high scoring offense. It's exciting football. Compared to, I mean, I know the Saints are, are high scoring and especially offensively, they're great. But you know what I'm trying to say compared to, you know, maybe a, a 21-14 game. Obviously, touchdowns and those big plays are exciting. So people want to see the, I don't know, maybe like the 47-41 to 41 game or something like that. But you're right. I think it would be, kind of be uh, uh, passing the torch to the younger generation or the new generation, right, with these young coaches or the young coach, the young players, kind of stuff like that compared to, Okay, here's another Super Bowl with Tom Brady in it. And, okay, Drew Brees finally makes it back to the Super Bowl or something like that, right? It, it would just be something different that we haven't seen. Uh, I am going to gut this one and take the Chiefs 23-17. to 17. That's a low-scoring, boring game. It is a low-scoring, boring game, but this is also a Bill Belichick game. True. And I think that he's going to game plan the S out of this yeah. and develop a defense that will really kind of stifle Mahomes. And you'll see a lot more of the running game for the Chiefs kind of interspersed in what they're doing. I mean, that's really how they picked apart the Colts Mm -hmm. was that they said, hey, we're going to just scrap all the big plays. We're going to use RPOs to get the intermediate passing game going. And then when they're least expecting it, let's just run the ball. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. Mahomes didn't even have a touchdown in that game. Yeah. So that's that's big uh, passing touchdown. So, I I, I mean, uh, that's that's where I put it. Again, Chiefs 23, Pat 17. Marcus? I'll go... Pats 31, Chiefs 21. Mm. Oh, a clean beat by the Pats. You know, I think so. I think the experience is going to show. Well, 
There's also an experience that we have coming up next. It's the next segment. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that was a pretty terrible tease. Oh. But this I... one isn't. <laughs> There's something threatening the future of football, and it's not concussions or the allure tennis creates for children. It's 1030 on the fan, and this is the news. Oh, Lincoln Park with that one. It's numb here on 1080 The Fan AM Radio. What's up with the... I feel like every time I come in here for Sinner and the Saint... Yeah. I learned some new music. I've heard this song. I, I really hope you have, because that would be disturbing. It was, <laughs> it's that been, means you missed an entire decade, dude. It's Lincoln Park. That's the only song I'd, I know that they have. They were the voice of my Wait, generation. is that the song with... This is a song with Jay-Z, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, then I know this song, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I used to get so pumped up for high school football games with that song. Really? Oh, that would be in the big old headphones, the cost headphones before every single game. Oh, goodness. And I'd be like, I'd, oh, yeah, I'm as tough as Jay-Z and Linkin Park put together. <laughs> is, that, is that how you thought? Let me tell you something, man. I was in a rough part of the Portland area, Lake right. Oswego. Right. I, I heard, didn't have much. I was going to say, I heard it, it's slummy and... Slummy, man. Yeah. I mean, we got the old Nike uniforms that were fashioned after USC, you know? Yeah. The old stuff. That's unbelievable. Yeah, the helmets were like two years old. Oh, my goodness. Two? Two, bro. Goodness gracious. Yeah. That's unreal. It was rough. You know, when I when people ask me, they say, do you know Will Darkins? Yeah. And I say, yeah. Have you seen Have you seen the, the art, not the article, the documentary Snow on the Bluff? Mm-mm. It's about a... Basically a drug dealer in Atlanta. And when people ask me, do I know Will Darkins? I instantly think of that. I say, yes, I know Will Darkins. He is basically from the slums in Atlanta. And he's found his way to play your <laughs> I was trying to build off Sorry, it. And I could. Yeah. I, well, where does the drug dealer come in? Dude, I didn't slang no drugs in high school. I know. That was college. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to build off of that. And, That's uh, I don't know if that really worked out. That's okay. It, it was the I kept a straight face until I looked up at you, and the face you were giving me was yeah, I was confused. Right. No, that's okay. I mean, you know, we uh, we filled we filled time during a radio broadcast with sound, and usually, if you can do that, yeah, okay. I was gonna, I was going to say we did a good job, and I know you looked a little confused. You've been a little confused lately, like thinking that I took your Tupperware. Look, I don't want to go back to that because you did steal it. I didn't. Um, <laughs> From the NFL to rec leagues, football is facing a stark new threat. This is according to ESPN Outside the Lines. They wrote this article this week. An evaporating insurance market that's fundamentally altering the economics of the sport, squeezing, even killing off programs faced with higher costs, a scarcity of available coverage. Uh, That is a very long way to basically say insurers do not want to insure football anymore. Really? Yes, and actually the Outside the Lines report that came out this week is showing that um, the Pop Warner Little Scholars, which is basically Pop Warner football, which oversees 225,000 youth players, was forced to switch insurers after its longtime carrier, a subsidiary of the insurance giant AIG, which if you were alive and you had money in the late 2000s, know who AIG is, they refused to provide coverage without an exclusion for any neurological injuries. So this... Whole story kind of plays into the whole thing of concussions are ruining football. Mm-hmm. But we're now seeing it on the financial side. And it, it's a little bit scary because when the whole concussion crisis started to form 
in the early 2010s and people started coming out and having these symptoms of CTE and it started to become more and more um, you know, readily apparent that this was going to be a long-lasting problem that wouldn't go away, you kind of just thought, okay, well, it is a problem, but as long as we know the effects, you can kind of weed out people who want to play and people who don't. Yes, the numbers will completely decrease because you'll have parents now who will decide, hey, you know, my kid's not that athletic. I guess I'll just, you know, have him play a different sport, something that won't hurt his head. But now you're coming up to a point where you're going to tell these people, hey, not only is this really dangerous for your health, but if you do get seriously injured neurologically, I don't know if I can financially help you out. That's Yeah, that would be that's that's bad. The, that's yeah. the ultimate in gladiator sports, dude. Yeah. That means you're not covered. Like, if you get a serious head injury... You're not covered. No. That's your crazy. insurance might cover you, your personal insurance, but say you're, you know, you want to have a class action lawsuit against Pop Warner football if your kid gets hurt, and you say, hey, man, I didn't know this was going to happen, and you try to sue for them, they might not be covered. It said in this article that there was actually a bunch of community, or no, I'm sorry, not community college, junior colleges in Arizona, one of which won... Uh, its division title for like three years straight that basically had to abandon the football program because they couldn't find insurers. Wow. Like they can't play without an insurance company giving them some type of coverage against lawsuits. So this is something that like totally went over my head when the whole concussion thing first came out. I didn't think about the whole financial side of it. I didn't either, but you know, well, I, I kind of have to ask you does, so this, this happening right with, with financial at least the financial aspect of it. I'm confused. Like, do people, I don't know how many people really sue when it comes to stuff like that, but a lot of pro players have, there's a class action right, lawsuit right now. Right. And, and that's why I'm always confused with, like, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I understand a hundred percent from their point of view, but at the end of the day, it's like, you kind of understand that. Like when you start playing football, like that's kind of, that's what I knew. Like in high school, obviously, I don't know if they did it at your high school, but you sit down and they read the back of the helmet like the little warning we always did that was, you know, this can cause serious, you know, head trauma, everything like that, and even death, whatever that is. But, like, do people not understand, like, that's, like, football, that's what football is, is, like, it's collision, it's big hits, it's everything like that. You understand that's going to happen. I don't know if this is sounding, like, kind of broad and not, like, no, sincere. No, I, I but... think that you're you're hitting on something that a lot of people are just starting to kind of realize because, you know, we live in a place where, and I know you moved here from the East Coast, but you have to understand on the West Coast, football is not something that is treated as, uh, you know, this type of pious or religious activity like mm-hmm. it is in the South or Texas. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole other animal. That's something where you have 100,000 st- stadiums for high school championship yeah. games. Uh, you know, uh, let alone just high school games. So I think on the West Coast, this is kind of news that's startling to some people because we don't take the game as seriously and we don't see it as a way of getting out of a situation or a way of setting yourself up for life. We see it as an activity that's supposed to help kids. And if you happen to be good at it, why don't you go to college and get it paid for and keep playing? Mm -hmm. Uh, And at least that was kind of the culture that I lived around. But I think the more and more that you have stories like this come out where you see all these other auxiliary effects of the whole concussion scandal, you're going to see a lot more people thinking twice before signing their kids up to football Mm -hmm. because they'll say, Hey, I can make them aware of the, of the dangers of playing football. Like you just said, right? You read the helmet, you know, this could cause serious neurological injury, but now it really goes on the parents, right? Yeah. It's kind of out of your, it's out of your hands at that point when you go, okay, I am going to let my kid play, 
But if he gets seriously hurt and I decide that I want to basically sue this organization and get money to take care of my kid for whatever length of time he needs to be taken care of, that's not available to me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think now more than ever, you're going to see a really at a very fast pace, people pulling their kids out of football and saying, look, this is the ultimate gladiator sport. And I don't think I want my kid involved in it. Yeah. Uh, I get that too. I get a hundred percent. You know, you make a lot of sense when you say that I, it's just, it's really confusing and really crazy to me that it's, it's like these parents that they, they sign their kids up right for football and, you understand, like, what football is, I hope, before you sign your kid up. You understand, like, what can happen. Yeah. Like, that happens. And so why sue? Like, and, Why sue? Because yeah. why not? Because, no. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I get it, and I know that you sign release forms and everything, but at the same time, you know, that that's, that's the whole human condition mm -hmm. is that you go out in the world and you do these type of things. You play football. You buy really fast cars. You get on motorcycles, right. and you put yourself in danger because that's what living is. And I think a lot of the times these parents need to take a look at themselves in the mirror and they need to say, when am I going to drop control of what my kid does with their life? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be when they're 10, 11, 12, when they get to high school and they decide they want to play football? And I guess what this story did to me was it made me think, I think there's going to be a lot of parents out there that say, no, 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 this is no longer in my control. This means that if they do want to go out there and do it and I let them make an individual choice, now I'm out of control financially if they do get hurt. Yeah. Because before there was that insurance policy where I knew that if I had to take legal action, they would have enough money to satisfy whatever problem we had. Yeah. Now there's not, and that's on me, and that's on our family, and that's not okay. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just, it's scary, and you worry because football is awesome, and it's like the pastime of America right now. Yeah. But if you go online, go to ESPN, go to Outside the Lines, read this article – it paints a pretty grim picture about the financial status of how football could devolve. It's Which, scary. That is scary. That, that like, makes me nervous. I always think about that. Like, what what will the end of football look like? Yeah. And it's it's sad that, uh, I mean, I, I get it. Like I always say, I 100% get it. I went through football. I've, I've for sure got my fair share of concussions. Yeah. Both knees redone, both ankles and both shoulders redone. But it's like. Am I really going to put that? And you, you you make a great point. I'm just looking at it from, like, a former player. Like, I knew what I was getting myself into. Like, I understand if I'm going to play with the best of the best, right, at the Division One level, that some of these guys make a living out of this for a reason, right? Like, they're that much better than everybody else. And so if I get injured, then I get that. And it's not – but I don't know. Maybe it's it's different when you're a little kid, right, and it's on your parents, too, to understand it's on everything your like that. So. Yeah. Well, this will be an interesting situation to look at in uh, the next 20 years or something. It Let's will be. be back in 20 years and talk about right. it. Right. I mean, when you're big, I I hope that I can reach out to you. and you'll. Yeah, I'll be big here. I'll move uh, to a Sunday morning show. Oof. Yeah, because Mike Lynch will get that job in Orlando that he's been wanting. I didn't know that. No, I know. I made it up. Oh, I was like, that's kind of sad. Mike's it's the segment sweeping across the United States and Canada. It's what to watch, and it's next to put a bow on the Center and the Saint on 1080, the fan. Luke took the weekend off. Marcus Greaves came in, and we had a great time. Yeah, we will did. be back next weekend. Who? Luke. Oh, I thought you said me. I was kind no, of you're excited. No, oh, you're Oh, You're out of here. Yeah. That's all right. You did great. Did I? Sounded great. Sounded hot, which is really what I wanted. Thanks. Oh, uh, thanks. 
Oh, see, you're doing it. Now, this is going back to a whole Marcus is, uh, you know, Marcus is one day going to be a big time TV personality. We all know that here at the fan, but we're trying to develop his uh, personality, if you will, his uh, his trademark that he will have as a broadcaster. He will have the nickname uh, Gumbo Greaves. Gumbo Greaves. Gumbo Greaves. <laughs> and uh, it will not matter what market he goes into. If he gets his first crappy TV job in Nebraska, Iowa, North Dakota, he will not waver from sounding like gumbo greaves uh and i hope that you just basically are unrelenting with that nickname oh absolutely yeah like i want you to go on interviews and they're like oh yeah well we really like the nickname but you know this is this is north dakota and you know they they tend to just kind of like it a little bit more if you speak more of their dialect and you're like no i can't do it ma'am <laughs> sorry i can't do who i am i like that the gumbo greaves gumbo greaves <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we had a couple polls up today. One dealing with the NFC and AFC title games that are on Sunday tomorrow. Tomorrow is Sunday, so there you go. Uh, which, by the way, you can catch the NFC title game on Fox at 12.05. Rams, Saints, and then after that on CBS at 3.40. Kick, it's Pats and Chiefs. Uh, on our Twitter page at Center Saint 1080 we asked you if you're a starting quarterback in this NFL conference championship weekend who do you want talking in your headset aka who do you want as your head coach uh 13 of you said andy reed and a tie 18 of you said sean mcveigh or sean payton but overwhelmingly 50 51 of you said i want bill belichick in my ear talking to me uh this leads us into our segment what to watch uh and this segment is presented by Encore Audio Video. If you're planning on any upgrades for the big game coming up, go to Encore Audio Video on 14th and Everett in the Pearl or at EncoreAudioVideo.com. Marcus Greaves, what are you going to watch in the AFC game, the matchup that you want to see? The matchup I want to see, I think I just want to see Tyreek Hill and the Pats secondary. And the Pats secondary, because Tyreek Hill is on a whole, that dude is a freak. And I we didn't talk about it all in the show, which is crazy because, I mean, he might not have the the best numbers, obviously, compared to like someone like Michael Thomas or something like that. But you just watch him play, and it's like every time he gets the ball, you're like, "Oh, he's about to go." Yeah, or he's about to go. Or there's one moment in the game where he'll just blow right past a corner or a double team. And you're like, "Oh, this is it." If, it's dangerous. Yeah, you know, if Patrick Mahomes can make those kind of throws, I think that's going to be the best matchup. Uh, the matchup I want to see, and we mentioned it in the first hour, is Travis Kelsey against this Pats defense. Mm-hmm. You know, Kelsey, as we mentioned before in the first game that they met in this season, he had something like five catches. He was pretty much inert in the entire game. So uh, I'm wanting to see how Andy Reid's going to game plan to get him the ball more. I think it's going to be vital, of course, uh, for him to kind of get going. You know, Travis Kelsey is the guy who gets the yards, and he's the red zone threat for Patrick Mahomes, you know. Um, the big play setups off of play action, that's always going to be with Tyree Kill, but you see it time and time again. Mahomes connecting with Kelsey in the end zone once they get to the red zone. I think that's going to be a really big factor heading into that game. Uh, going back in time a little bit, looking at the first game of the day, that is the Rams and the Saints. Marcus, is there a matchup that you're looking for in this one? Uh, probably Marcus Peters and Michael Thomas. Like you said, that's probably not, you know, there people say it's not going to happen or they want it to happen. You they'll say, make it happen. They'll make it happen, you know. <laughs> but I think that one will be interesting. But at the same time, I want to see, like you said, the Saints secondary isn't the best. And I understand that the Rams, you know, the Rams are explosive. They have Robert Woods and they have Brandon Cooks. So that's something to keep in mind. I know Brandon Cooks has kind of been a little quiet. 
But I think when it comes down to it, when he needs to make big plays, he does. And so that'll be something that I think will be interesting to see if they can keep up with that kind of speed and with Robert Woods in general, because Robert Woods, I think, has kind of been their all-around guy. Yeah. And so it's going to be interesting to see if the Saints can really stop that. Uh, I'm going to give you a little nifty stat here. In 2018, the Saints ran 72 rushing plays behind the right tackle. That's the most in the NFL, and 105 plays behind the right guard. That's the second most. So the matchup that I'm going to watch for in this game is going to be Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue against the right side yes. of the Saints offensive line. Uh, I would think that the uh, Rams have this information and an experienced defensive coordinator like Wade Phillips probably knows this. So you're going to see a lot of stacking onto that side. You're going to see a lot of Dominican Sue on that side. Aaron Donald not as good at defending the run. And so they're going to really try to plug that up. I think the Saints are going to take advantage of that and try to do some play action off of that side and get everybody drawn in. Uh, it, it will be interesting. This will be the biggest test for the Saints. Uh, I'm sorry, for the Rams uh, running defense this season. We thought it was last week with the Cowboys. They passed that test, but can they do it for a second week in a row? I don't know. That'll be interesting. What are you watching on TV this weekend? This weekend? Uh, probably Game of Thrones. I'm trying to finish it up, maybe. Oh, shoot. It's the start of that, isn't it? Soon. I think it's in a co- I have It's been, coming. It's coming. Winter is coming. The new episode <laughs> is coming. I, I, real quick, I never thought I would ever be someone to watch Game of Thrones. I was yeah. like, only nerds watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. And I've turned into a nerd. That's and, okay. And I don't really do anything else. No, or, that's Or right. go to the gym. What about you? What are you going to watch? Uh, uh, if you go to TBS uh, right now, you can get a, just scrolling here, you can get a five-hour Ocean's Eleven marathon. TBS has gotten so lazy in their programming that they are playing Ocean's Eleven on a Saturday at basically for five hours. That is exactly what I don't want to do. Oh, hold on. Let me help you with this. Oh, now wait. Pod down the hotkey. Okay. All the way down. down. All the way down. All right. Now pod it up very slowly. Okay. Hey, I like that. Even in the booth, I'm producing. That's a good thing, though. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, kids. Luke's going to be back next week. Marcus, thanks so much for hanging out with me here. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, that's it. Have fun watching the NFC and AFC title games. Bye-bye. Don't be silly chumps. Just purse your lips and whistle. That's the thing. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.